Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. Hey, everybody. I am super excited to bring on Trevor Mock from OnCarrot. Carrot. Yeah, on, on Carrot's our domain. Uh, okay. That's, that's where you can find us online. Carrot's the name of the company. Yep. Yeah, I get confused because I see add-on Carrot. I see Investor Carrot. I see yeah. just Carrot. But the branding is unbelievable, by the way. Um, I know we talked a couple minutes ago about some other things that I really like about your company. But just to back up for one second. So, Tell us a little bit about what your company does, what service you provide. Yeah. So the, the cliff notes of, of it and why we started this company was my background is in generating leads online. Um, I have, I've had some big clients in the corporate world and also tons in the real estate market. And uh, I generate a lot of leads for myself in the real estate market. And we found that in general, you know, small businesses, they made the rush online over the past decade because they knew they, they, knew they needed to be online, right? If, if I'm not online and my clients are searching for me and they find my competitors, therefore I have a disadvantage if I'm not online. Mm-hmm. And real estate investors or your mom and pop shop down the road of a pizza joint, everyone got online, but what they didn't focus on was performance. And because you didn't need to, as long as you're online, you had that performance advantage. Yep. Everyone's online. All the real estate investors are online or the majority, or at least you know that you should be. Um, all your pizza places are, every, you know, all the small businesses are. What happens is that that remove that advantage from just being online. So in 2007, we started to really shift on performance. You know, way before Carrot, we're like, well, shoot, we're not getting the performance we were before because now everyone's there. How do we actually make a website convert well? How do we actually get our website in front of a prospect um, who's actually looking to buy or, or, or engage our service, who has the problem that we can solve? And that's where it kind of started that journey on became amazing at lead generation. You're getting in front of prospects who are searching Google uh, now on Facebook and some other things. And then it's like, we're getting people to our sites. How do we make sure that we build that credibility with them and guide them on this journey? So it builds trust. And also all those psychology elements that actually guides them toward converting into a lead. So we help uh, thousands of real estate investors and now agents generate tens of thousands of leads online uh, kind of using our, our conversion and traffic methodology with our software. So for everyone who's on right now, just to give you guys, you know, full disclosure, I'm a client of Trevor's. I really, really believe in this product. And I want to just really quickly tell you, Trevor, my story before I ended up signing on with your company. Cool. So I'm a real estate investor. I've been doing this for 10 years. I do a ton of volume. I spend a lot of money on online marketing and I had a really, really, really pretty site. Mm-hmm. Site looked awesome. Uh, everyone who went to it said how great it looked. Um, it had all of my flip properties that I've done on it. Um, I spent a bunch of money on it, but um, I kept hearing about you. And um, people kept saying, oh, you know, should I get a carrot? Because I also coach um, and, and work with investors in other parts of the country. Yeah. And they would say to me, you know, should I get a carrot site? And I'd say, man, you know, why? Just copy my site. Like, you know, I'll have my web guy for 50 bucks, copy my site. And then I kept getting this feedback, like I, I bought his site and now I'm getting more leaps. Yep. And so to be 100% truthful with you, I would go, I look at your site and I'd say, doesn't look pretty. Um, <laughs> and, I would, and I would literally say, this is just a template. There's nothing special about it. Mm-hmm. And then again, I just kept getting the feedback that your site worked, like meaning it was converting more people. And I said, you know what, for... I don't, I don't even know what I pay for your site. It's, it's nominal. It's like a hundred bucks or 50 bucks a month or something like that. Yep. And I said for 50 or a hundred bucks a month, I'm going to, I'm going to split test this mm-hmm. and I'm going to see, I'm going to send half my traffic to my site and half my traffic to your site and literally more than double conversion <laughs> for your, it. for your ugly, you know, you know, uh, ex- expletive sites. Yeah. So Dude, I love it. So tell us a little bit about, like, I, I guess, you know, 
it's not super there, there's a reason why your sites are set up like they're set up and i'm sure you know the actual mechanics behind it why don't you talk a little bit about that man it's 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 so cool i mean hearing what you said and we hear that all the time but it's cool actually being able to to we we read it all the time where someone types it but it's really cool hearing your story on it yeah um man so here, here's here's the deal right so my first website was insanely insanely ugly because I didn't know how to build a pretty site and I wanted to build a pretty site. This is back in 2007 was when I, um, well, your ugly site in 2007 probably looked nice for 2007. Well, exactly. It was, <laughs> I, w- I went to GoDaddy. I went to GoDaddy.com. I didn't have a whole lot of money and I used one of their templates. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to go look at what all the other competitors are doing. And I'm just going to like, I'm going to borrow this. And one of them has this on the site. And I'm going to put this over here. And one of them has this, and that looks kind of cool. And I kind of think I want to mainly make, make a focus on sellers, but I also want to just have one site. So I'm going to put buyers on there and lease option and this and that and tenant, my tenant stuff for my properties. And so I ended up having this site and it got a lead. So I'm not going to say it didn't get leads, but yeah. that, those leads were definitely like, they were a false flag because I was getting leads. Therefore I thought it must be working. Yep. And what was happening was, um, and it, it wasn't because I started to test stuff on that site that I realized that it wasn't performing as well as it should have been. It was as I was digging in and, and, and taking on clients, which my, my main income has never been real estate. Um, I always put real estate in, in, you know, I, I always put my money in, in properties for cash flow and wealth and long-term. My active income, like with Carrot, is with businesses that I love to build, usually based around marketing. They happen to be you know, in the online world, too. So at that time, I was taking on clients and trying to do online marketing. And they, one of them would say, hey, well, what about this? And what about this? So I was forced to dive into that world of learning conversion rate optimization, of learning what actually worked once someone landed there. To, to convert someone, um, I went on the on the journey of learning human psychology and how do you drive actions that you want to drive. So there's all the all the books see on the bookshelf back there. There's a whole section of them that are just human psychology, your know, persuasion from from uh, Chil, uh, Childini, and then there's like a whole bunch of other ones that teach you how to make a great offer. That's the first thing. Right? You've got you've got to have a clear, crisp, great offer. Um, you've got to have great copy on there. So the, the words in the page have to directly meet that prospect, whoever it is, in the state that they're currently in. So then you can go, okay, I know who you are. I know exactly the problems you have. I know what you're going through. I'm going to answer every single one of those objections you've got. I'm going to cast the vision for where you want to go. And I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it and make you comfortable along the way because I'm the person you should work with. So I started to learn copy really well. Like how do you use words and pictures correctly and videos, if the video is good, to actually then tell that story to the prospects they want to work with you. Um, and then so that, from, I think that's the biggest mistake that we make as investors yeah. is that we don't we don't understand these things, mm-hmm. right? So what do we do? We search around. We say, who has the nicest website? Okay, let me pretty much copy that as much as I can. Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with whether it's going to speak to a lead because of the actual words on the page yep. or whether or not it's going to drive the action. And by the way, when I say your, your sites are ugly, they're not like hideous. Like, so, you know, for the people who are on the line, they're, they're, they're not, they, they look good. They don't look mm-hmm. bad. They just, yep. they don't look like, you know, uh, when I think about building a website for my business on day one, I thought about like, you know, what would a, a photographer's website look like. And that's, and that's what I thought would convert the best. Like, Oh, I have an awesome looking site. Somebody's going to fill in the form, but sorry to cut you off. You can continue on on that thought, but no, you're you're, dude. And you're hundred percent correct because that's, that's what all of us want to do. Like we all want to have a website or marketing materials or a logo or whatever it is. It looks like amazingly pretty because when you show it to your, your dad or your brother, neighbor or your spouse or whatever like you want them to go man that's a great looking site right that's kind of that's kind of what we do and the biggest mistake that we can make and i made this mistake so many times tom the biggest mistake that we can make is when you get done crafting some sort of marketing whether it's a postcard or direct mail piece or your sign or your website the biggest mistake we can make as marketers is asking someone who's not your prospect what they think about it like someone who's not your prospect or who's not really good at copy and marketing you know and hooks and stuff because that's that's what happens all the time is is we're out there building our marketing we send it to a friend or someone else looks at and like man that's way too long no one's going to read that Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not going to read it because the message doesn't speak to them because they don't have that problem. 
that's deep seated in their core and they need to sell that house or they want to buy an amazing house or they want to invest money into properties because they've got all this money over here that's sitting on the sidelines, not earning anything. They need to find good cash flowing properties. If you find that person who has that problem, they're going to read every word in that page because if, if it's written well, because it speaks to them. Um, dude, a great example of this, the whole ugly versus, versus pretty and, and robust content versus thin content is uh, my, my wife and I and, and kids, we bought a house a year ago. Um, it's kind of like a dream property. It's three acres on the river. House needs some work. We're in renovation right now. But we moved into the house. And one thing I didn't predict, because I never lived in the river, is there's a lot of wildlife and stuff that you don't want, like rats are, you know, along the river. And so you got to make sure rats are not in there. And bats. And um, Dude, I had, a, I had a bat in my house last week. Yeah. <laughs> That's, one of the, one of the uh, like most freaky, scary, but shouldn't be scary things I've yeah. ever had. Oh, exactly. Because they're unpredictable, right? I mean, totally, totally like, like I've had birds in my house mm-hmm. and they want to get out and they know how to get out. Bats don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, and they don't fly straight. They like no, fly they, around. Oh my God. <laughs> like literally, I mean, it's, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, so we had a bat problem and um, yeah. bats got into the attics and I mean, I'm talking like a lot of bats. It wasn't a couple. It was like hundred bats in the attic. Yeah. And we were sitting there counting them. So what do we do? We were like, okay, how do we get rid of these bats? So I, I had this problem. It was a problem I had. It wasn't something that my buddy had and whatever. I had this problem. And all that's going through my mind is what are these health issues that could pop up if, if there's all this shit up in my attic? Sorry, pardon French. If there's all this crap up in my attic, um, you know, what's going to happen to the house if they're chewing it? How do I, how do I get them out? Can I get them out? What's it look like? Like we have all, I have all these scenarios I'm going through. So I go to Google, just like all of us do. We go to Google, start searching it. That's my attic. How to get bats out of my attic. Health, health issues that could have come from bats, like all these questions. And so I'm typing all these things into Google, having this problem. I'm on this, I'm on this information collection phase to try to solve this problem I've got. And I land on a series of websites. There were some that were really, really pretty, but they didn't solve any of my, they, none of the questions I had in my mind were answered by those websites. And I'm like, cool, that's a good looking website, but it doesn't have what I need. I bounced back to Google. I found these two websites. I think it's called like batsautomatic.com or bats in the attic. I found the same exact one. <laughs> tons of content oh my god yep answered every question you needed right it's like the best so i have myself <laughs> for literally 20 minutes on this website yeah that's in the attic.com or whatever so and you i'm put going in, you put in the door uh yeah we put in all the one-way bat doors and all this stuff right he had he had great questions on there um he yep. even had he had phone numbers for each specific local provider and all that is that website is a lead generation website for yep. local that extrication people, right? Yeah. I called one of them. So I'm like, I don't have the time to do this. I called one of them and it just routed to some guy with a different name company here in my local area. And I started talking to him. Long story short, that website was ugly, but it had great pictures on it. It depicted the problems that I had. It had great copy saying, hey, here's probably what you're experiencing. Here's what could happen from it if you don't solve this. Here's how to really solve it. But you don't really want to put the work in to do it anyway, do you? So call this number. Yeah. And it works the same way with our buyers, sellers, tenants, whatever it is, is they're on this search to solve their problem. And if your website doesn't present the content and, and the answers that solve their problems, they're going to go to someone else's website. So that's what we always do with ours. And, and we've tested tons of stuff and our mission, I could talk for hours, dude, about what you can do to your website to make it dialed in and how to make great, great copy. But my philosophy is always this. Your marketing should have as little words as you need to get across the right sales message to convert the prospect into a lead. And that is another nugget that you mentioned a couple of minutes ago on a site that you started, you know, two, you know, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. when you have all these mixed messages, right? So, you know, in your head, you're thinking, well, let me put down all the different things that I do. I list properties, I flip them, I wholesale them, whatever. But the problem is when you start to have so many different messages, like people can't process so many different messages all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, and, and the problem is when they see so many mixed messages, they don't see any of the messages. Yep. And, and you start to kind of, you start to kind of go, they go down these rabbit holes, right? So they've got this problem. And that's one philosophy that we tested a lot. 
Um, you know, can you combine a cash buyer and a motivated house seller website? You totally can, but in our data, it it did decrease the results for the house sellers. Now, the house buyers that didn't matter at all because they knew that you were getting the house from somewhere. So yeah. you totally have that on there. Hey, do you need to sell your house? Yeah, click here and sell it. But for motivated house sellers, we did find that whenever we we confuse that message with cash buyer messaging or rent to own messaging, anything that didn't directly speak to their problem they were going through. Um, it confused it. And there's a lot of things, there's a lot of reasons why. Number one, their transaction is a bigger risk transaction, right? It's they've got this problem. It's a huge financial decision for them usually. Oftentimes a house is some of the largest financial decisions people make. Um, oftentimes it's emotional. You know, they're tied to this house that they own. Um, they want to make sure they're not getting ripped off, things like that. So you really need to focus that message in so they feel confident that Number one, you've got the you've, you've got a you've got an offer that can solve their problem. Number two, you're competent and you can actually do it. You show that you have the expertise to do so. And then number three, they have the confidence that you're the company that can actually do it. That they're comfortable working with you. That you've got the credibility, um, and you've got to you've got to guide them down that path. So we talked a lot about you know how a site converts, and you know I've told you my story about why your site converts better than my old site. So I think like the listeners probably get that; they understand that. Um, and I will tell you, don't do it yourself. Don't do not mess around. Don't don't freaking hire somebody in India to try to set up your site. Trust me, you know just buy his product and, or your brother-in-law and, or your cousin. We hear that all the time. Like, oh, my cousin's setting one up. And we're like, guys. It's going to cost you way more money in the end because how many deals and leads you're going to lose because of that? Because he's not a conversion rate expert. And the problem is in, in real estate, one deal is tens of thousands of dollars. Yep. So it's not like, you know, you're, you're trying to save a couple hundred bucks to lose potentially 50,000. Yep. So assuming that everyone one is on board with that. Um, the second question is, how do you actually get leads? So you've got this carrot site that converts. How do you actually get the traffic there? to get somebody to fill out a form to then go out and meet with them and buy their property. Oh man. So I, I, I did this episode of the carrot cast. That's our podcast um, here at carrot. And it was with Brian Rockwell about a month ago and Brian Rockwell. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because he's like the prototypical great story of a dude who just followed the process. You know, he's, he's like, he's a client. He's a client down in Texas and in, in Dallas, man. So it's like one of the most competitive markets in the country. Super competitive. So oh my God. There's yeah. no excuses that anyone else in any market can have, except for maybe Miami because Miami's hard, but yeah. um, there's no excuse that anyone can have that. Oh my gosh. Well, it's because he's X, Y, like, no, this guy, uh, he'd been sitting on the sidelines, wanted to do real estate investing for over 12 years. He didn't take action. Didn't take action. Was a teacher and a coach. Finally, his wife actually took action on her own business and gave him the confidence to do it himself. And nice. He's going to take a chance in this. So he did. And he joined, he joined, he joined Carrot. And he's like, I don't know anything about this online stuff, but my wife is doing good with her business on online. So I'm going to go all in on online. Um, he got his first deal done. And I'm going to throw this out to you guys. It has nothing to do with Carrot. He got his first deal done from just pure grit and determination, knocking on doors in Texas, literally. So if anyone's listening to this and you, you honestly do not have any funds at all to, 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 to do any legion, um, you can still get a deal done. Don't ever let those types of things, don't ever let your lack of resources dictate your success. I've heard this quote many times, but it's not the resources you have. It's the resourcefulness that you have. And he went out there and was knocking on doors and he closed the deal and netted about seven or eight thousand dollars. So sweet, he got some money. He he took some of that money. And he did have his other income coming in. He didn't want to dip into it too much. Yeah, uh, he took that money. You know, he joined Carrot and he set up the website. Just took the basic elements that already convert. Put in his credibility into it. Put a little about page up there that, that talked about him, so people could connect with him. Pretty much, he didn't do much. Like he put his branding on there and stuff like that, right? The next thing that we always suggest is you've got to have a short-term plan for getting people, qualified people to, to you, and you've got to have a long-term plan. And for us, the short-term plan is usually, it depends on the type of lead you're going after. If it's if it's cash buyers, Craigslist is still doing really well for cash buyers, for people who are looking to buy land. Um, uh, Luke Harris, one of our clients, uh, was talking to him just recently, and I was looking at his website, and he's got literally over 1,800 leads for buyers that are all from Craigslist or the majority from Craigslist, some from SEO. 
Mm-hmm. If you're looking for motivated house sellers, where I would start, and I'm going to assume that people have some sort of a budget saved. It doesn't have to be huge, but some sort of a budget to market your business, and you're going to treat it like a real business. I always like to start with pay-per-click. Um, so Google pay-per-click, Bing, uh, pay-per-click works really well. Most people don't do Bing. And come up with some sort of a, a, a budget that that matches not what you feel is comfortable to you emotionally, but what the math tells you is going to help you succeed. And that's the big thing that Brian did was he's like, long-term, I want to focus on search engine optimization. It's getting my website high in Google um, organically when people search the phrases like sell my house fast, Dallas in his case, or cash home buyers, Dallas, or the whole slew of other phrases that people search when they're looking to sell their house, selling a house I inherited in Texas, things like that. Um, so search and optimization was his long-term plan because he knows once you're able to get there, it's going to take, it's going to take some work. And in a market like Dallas, it's going to take eight, 10, 12 months of good, well-implemented SEO to, to get there, which anyone listening to this call can do it. It's all simple stuff. You just have to follow a plan. Let's take a quick break from the episode. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincameroncoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. Um, And this is stuff, not to get too technical, but is it something that you can also easily hire out somebody to do or is it something that you have to do on your own? Yep. So you can, you can definitely hire it out. There's a couple of different elements to it. You've got the on-page stuff, right? The actual words on the page, the way the pages are structured. Um, we've already kind of nailed like 70 or 80% of that to make that way easy for people. The main on-page stuff that people have to do is just customizing your content a little bit, right? So it's more unique to you. Um, and then from there, it's mainly off-page elements and it's stuff that yeah, you could totally hire it out to the right person. Um, the Probably the thing that people have the most difficulty with is these two things as far as SEO goes um, is, is building backlinks, right? Because that's, that's something you need. You need other websites linking toward your website uh, in order to, for Google to go, okay, yeah, this is a credible website. Other websites link to it. Therefore, it must be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be good quality websites. So without diving too much into SEO, which same thing, that could be an hour call by itself. Yeah. But backlinks are really important. Uh, you can totally outsource them. We have services that we're coming up with to do that. But you have to be very, very careful who you outsource them to. Do not go to um, your freelance websites and get backlinks. Please don't go to Fiverr and get backlinks. Those can actually hurt your chances of ranking well in Google. Those could kill them. Um, the next part that people have a tough time with, with with SEO over that long term is they're just not experts in it. They haven't had the, the the experience to know those nuances of, well, you know, I'm ranked number seven on page one. I don't really know what the difference is between me and the, the guys who are ranked number two or number three or number one. Um, that's where we come in. And like our expertise, our coaching that's where we come in and help people with that. So it's knowing the strategy of it just, it takes experience and then building your backlinks are the two parts that you have to be careful with outsourcing if you're going to. So, so for the person that signs up for your website and they say, I'm willing to put in the blood, sweat and tears mm-hmm. um, to do it. You have all the training on the back end as well, right? Yep. Yep. All the training is in there. And then as, as you know, um, for certain levels of our membership, we have our weekly coaching calls. So that's kind of where you've got the training, go through at, at your own leisure. But then when, when you're implementing and you have questions or you're like, I'm not sure if I did this right, or, well, I'm at the bottom of page two, but I'm not really sure what to do next. I've already done these things. What do I do next? We're going to tell you exactly what you need to do. Cause we're going to do the research on your site, on those calls and tell you what your next move is. And these are live Q and A's. Yeah. They're live every, every Tuesday. And what is that? Another hundred bucks a month or something like that? Oh, no, it's, it's included in the content pro plan and above. Yeah. So oh, it's okay. included in a hundred dollar month plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm at, see that the problem for me is I, I just haven't had the time to do it. So, um, so we've got the people that are going to put, want to put in the time and effort and energy. And for a hundred dollars a month, you get the site and you get the training on how to do it. Yep. Now for somebody like me, who's, you could call me lazy or you could just say yeah. I'm busy. Um, what does it typically cost like for, for somebody to, to do these necessary steps in order to eventually get you ranked? Yeah, so roughly. 
Yeah, man. So for, for search engine optimization, it really depends. The main cost comes in with the amount of work it's going to take to get a good ranking, right? So I'm, I'm in a town in Oregon, Roseburg, Oregon. Love the area we live in. Amazing outdoors. I was fly fishing for nine hours yesterday. Um, awesome. We love it. But it's a town of 25,000 people, right? So yeah. it's going to be way easier to rank in the top two or three for your competitive house seller or cash buyer phrases than it is to do that in Dallas, let's say. Mm -hmm. So your cost for SEO for a good SEO firm in a market like mine is probably going to be between 500 and a thousand bucks a month. Right. Mm -hmm. And the thing is we we've put, we've put content out about this that as marketers, as entrepreneurs, we have to have our minds wrapped around the right concept and how we think about our marketing. And it's gotta be, it's gotta be based on ROI. It's gotta be based on what is my return on investment, short-term and long-term. Yeah. It can't be emotionally, oh my gosh, I'm six months in and I haven't seen a profit from this yet. As long as you know that the progress is happening, the plan is being implemented as, as you hope it is, and you know your numbers, think ROI. So if you're in a bigger market like Dallas, uh, SEO implemented well for letting you go in after your top two, three, four phrases is probably going to be between your, your $1,200 a month and, and $1,800 a month for a really good experienced SEO firm that knows this market. Um, sounds like it's expensive, right? So let's add the numbers up. Let's go right here. I'm just going to go with the top end, right? We'll go 1800 a month. Um, yeah times 12 because you're definitely not going to want to hire someone for SEO less than 12 months in the competitive market because six months, dude, that's not going to be enough time to do anything. I mean, you're going to get a lot of work done, but the progress, the visual progress on the Google rankings in Dallas, let's say, I'm just going to keep using that example. Um, you're not going to see that much. You might be at the bottom of page one by then, but then it's going to take from six to 12 months, even up to 14 months to get into the top three, the top two, and possibly unseat the number one position because they've been working their butts off for years to get there. So looking at this, if you're investing 1800 bucks a month, and let's say you're in a, going back to Dallas and Brian's average profits about $20,000 per deal. Um, let's say he's able to get that number two ranking and let's use some more assumptions that 200 people a month search the, uh, the phrase that he's now ranked number two for. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to use some math and hopefully you guys can follow along because I don't, I'm not writing on the whiteboard or anything. So right, using, we got some smart people listening. Sweet, man. I love it. So using those assumptions, $20,000 profit per deal, right? Um, let's assume 200 people per month search that. Let's also assume that one in 15 leads turn into a deal that nets that 20,000. Okay. Yep. Let's just use all these assumptions. So working that back, and the way that Google rankings goes is the first position, number one ranking in Google, usually gets between 30 and 40% of all of the clicks. You know, if there's 100 people who searched it, uh, the, the number one ranking is going to get between 30 and 40 of them to land on their website sometimes. Mm -hmm. The second result gets about half that. Okay, it's 15 to 20%. And then it keeps them getting cut in half until it tails off pretty far at number six position. And it's like negligible after that. So you've really got to be in the first three positions to capture any measurable traffic. Um, unless it's a massive, massively searched market. You know, if you're selling shoes and you go to Google and type shoes or where to buy shoes, you could probably be in position five and still get a lot of traffic. Yeah. So much. But in this case, so let's say he's in position two. Uh, it's a year later. He's invested $21,600 to get that ranking. Leads are, uh, they started to trickle in when he got to position five and four and three. And he started to get some leads, maybe one a week and then two a week. And now he's. How do you, how do you sorry to cut you off, but right. how do you know where they came from? So if you're running like Google ads versus SEO, how do you know which source they come from? Sweet, dude, that's a good question. So there's something anyone can implement this on any site. It doesn't matter if you're a carrot, uh, it doesn't matter what. Uh, there's something called lead source tracking. And uh, if you put in your Google Analytics code into whatever website you have, and then you dial in your Google Analytics settings, and, and it's going to take some work. And we have some blog posts actually to show how to do this stuff. So you guys can do it for free. But um, it's, it's setting up your lead source tracking. So you go into Google Analytics, set up these goals and blah, 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 blah. Out spits this data saying, hey, here's how many leads came from Google Analytics versus or from Google Organic versus pay-per-click. To make it easier, dude, for you, you can just log into your Carrot account. And we tell you exactly which leads came from a Google pay-per-click 
campaign, from a Bing, from a Google search, from a Yahoo search. This is already set up for me? It's already in there. So all, all of your leads already show it. Google, Google pay-per-click, Google organic, Yahoo organic, or Yahoo search, Yahoo PPC. I'm, I'm probably the biggest proponent of your product, knowing the least amount of what it does. <laughs> I love it. It's all in there, man. It's exactly <laughs> where it comes from. We tell you all where, where your traffic comes from, what each individual lead, where it came from, all that stuff. So you've got the data. So you know it's working. Yeah. Um, and I'll kind of finish, finish this so people get the, the number and ROI mindset here is you just invested 21,600 over the course of a year. You started to get leads late, maybe in this crazy competitive market from SEO starting, just starting from scratch. I'm assuming you're nowhere in Google and you're starting from scratch. If you're already on page one, uh, it's probably not going to take you 12 months of good SEO to get up to the top three. If you're already like a number seven or eight. But we're assuming you start from scratch. So you just invested $21,600 over the course of a year. Leads started to come in in month six, seven, trickling in. Now you're ranked number two about month 11 or 12. And using those numbers, you're getting about 15 to 20% of all the traffic every month. And we're assuming 200 people per month search that phrase in Dallas, right? So 200 people search that phrase. Let's just go with 20%. Uh, so you're getting about 40 people per month to land in your website. That doesn't sound like a whole lot, right? But if your website's converting at, let's say, 10%, okay, 10%. Uh, with pay-per-click, we're seeing some people like in the Baltimore market, the guy's pay-per-click we're running, it's north of 20% conversion rate. 20% of everyone who lands in his site is converting as a lead. Um, in some markets that are crazy competitive, you're going to see the single digits possibly. You know, it could be 7 8 9%. Miami pushing 5%, which is crazy. We're going to go 10%. So that means four leads per month are coming through your site. I'm like, oh, four leads, what's that going to do for me? If you're closing one uh, deal that nets you $20,000 out of every 15 leads, that's about you know three to four months, using, assuming those numbers, uh, to get that amount, the amount of leads to close one of those $20,000 deals. So right there around month 13 or so, you just broke even. Everything after that now is going to be getting more consistent. It's going to pick up momentum. You're going to start to get more traffic and more rankings because your website and SEO has been aging and Google likes it. That is where SEO comes into the plan, man, is over the long term. It builds, it's a momentum builder and your ROI is going to skyrocket from there. That $21,000 investment. Um, and then possibly if you're going to keep paying the SEO firm to keep you there, you know, 1800 a month, you're going to start turning a, a deal every month, every two months, every three months. And also that's going to turn into a multiple six. Let, let me give you a hypothetical. Mm -hmm. You can only choose one yep. SEO pay-per-click yep. and you are given a $21,000 budget yep. and you have, you have one year, which one are you going to pick and why? Pay-per-click for sure. Okay. Um, yep. And pay-per-click. And, and the reason I'm saying that is, dude, I am the biggest proponent of SEO in the world because our business carrot is not built off a of pay-per-click. And it's funny that I said that, um, you know, we, we have thousands of customers and it's based off of clients getting great results and being evangelists, but also off of our content ranking insanely well on Google. When you start, when you type anything, if you, if you search, you know, a PPC for real estate investors, I think we're the top five results in Google for, for that phrase and a bunch of other ones. So we're built off of SEO. 60% of the 57,000 leads a month, including phone call leads that come in through our system are from SEO. Most of the deals that happen from our clients are from SEO. But given, given the criteria that you gave me, pay-per-click is what's going to get you there um, more often than not giving a year time span giving that finite budget. If you, if you get, if you, if you said, Hey, what's the plan for what I, I'm in this for the long haul, I'm going to build a business and here's my vision. I got to get income coming in now for sure. You know, I, I can't wait a year to get income coming in for my marketing, but I want to build a business that in three years is crushing the market. That's not going to, that's not going to happen with pay-per-click alone. It's just yeah. not. So, but I it's, would it's, it's not exactly a fair comparison either because mm -hmm. through the, mechanisms that you have set up the training that you have someone could just buy your website for 99 bucks a month and then in a year do the work themselves yep. and get there so um it's not an apples to apples comparison um what are you seeing um pay-per-click once somebody gets rocking and rolling with seo mm -hmm. what are you seeing the difference between a pay-per-click 
cost per lead and an SEO cost per lead? Yeah, man. So it's, dude, that's, I love these questions. Um, it's funny. I did a Facebook live last week with Adrian on my team and we dove into the key metric that I feel that people aren't focusing on with pay-per-click that they need to. And it's not really your cost per lead. It's your target cost per lead. And so I'm, I'm going to walk through target cost per lead. I'm going to walk through kind of what we see as averages here, right? So number one, there is no real average because each market's different. Um, you know, Adrian, as an example on that, on that Facebook live, he's getting, he's literally getting deals done for 500 to $800 cost. What market is he in? Uh, that's up in the North uh, part of the country. It's like uh, Cleveland or something like that. I think. Yeah. Somewhere that's less competitive. Yeah. So his, his cost per lead um, I'm trying to remember from that Facebook live that we did, it was somewhere around the, man, what was it, dude? I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but uh, his cost per lead was cheap. I mean, it was like sub 60 bucks per lead, mm-hmm. probably even lower than that. Um, part of it is because he's managing his own pay-per-click. He doesn't have someone running it. He took the time to learn it. He's, he's going through the pains of, of learning the stuff and now it's kind of rolling for him and he's got someone that he pays to kind of look at it, but he's not paying a big pay-per-click management fee in addition to the pay-per-click costs. Mm-hmm. Um, we have guys like, well, like, like Brian down in Dallas who chose to hire someone uh, that's amazingly good at, at pay-per-click for real estate investors specifically. It's not a cheap management fee. But they're really good at what they do. And he's paying dude upwards of 150 to $200 per lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people look at it and go, well, shoot, that seems crazy. But what, and, and this is what we, this is what we dove into on that Facebook live is your target cost per lead is what's really important with pay-per-click. And then I'm going to go over to the SEO side because that's even more complicated. Um, but we're going to make the SEO side really simple for you. Um, so your target cost per lead with pay-per-click is so important because what happens is as we dive into, yeah, as we dive into a paid marketing channel, whether it's direct mail or whether it's pay-per-click or whether it's bandit signs or whatever it is, oftentimes the way that the people do it, especially newer entrepreneurs is they, they, they set their marketing budget based off of their emotions. You know, it's like, well, I've got 1500 bucks carved out over here and I'm just going to, I'm going to try this out for four months. Or, you know what, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a month in and I've already spent, you know, $1,200 and I've got, I've got seven leads from it, but no deals yet. I need to cut my losses is mm-hmm. what a lot of people think. And what we need to do is we need to trust math. Math is our savior as entrepreneurs and, and lead generators. And the way that we do it is this. And we actually have a calculator um, and I can give you the link to it. And you can put the link below in the show notes or something like that. But yeah. We have a calculator online that people can use for free to type in some details and it'll give you a target acquisition cost for a deal with pay-per-click. But you always start with your average profit per deal. That's where we always start because we go, okay, we know that our averages show this. Or if you're a newer investor, find out from others in your market what the average profit per deal for the type of deals you're doing is. Uh, If you're an agent, find out what the average commission per transaction is for the types of deals you're doing. Write that down on a piece of paper, APD, average profit per deal. The next thing that we want to find out is how many leads do we need to get to turn into one of those? Mm So um, if you're really good at negotiation and your marketing is really targeted, we have some guys literally every seven to eight deals are closing a deal or every seven to eight leads are closing a deal. Um, we have some guys that do a lot of direct mail and TV, like Brad Chandler, one of the largest home buyers in the country, or Dan Lane out of Tennessee, uh, clients of ours. Um, they're like one in 25 or one in 30 into a deal because they have a lot of really broad marketing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing pay-per-click, you're probably in the one in 10 to one in 15, maybe one in 20 range. Yeah. Deal. If you're really picky, we've got a client in, in Baltimore that he's like one in 20 to one in 25 into a deal because he doesn't want to buy in this whole swath of area of Baltimore where he's getting a lot of leads. He only wants to buy in this very specific part with very specific criteria. So he's one in 25. Into deal. Yeah. So one of the things you talked about, you talked about a guy up in Cleveland getting really low cost per lead, yep. but then you also gave me a very low profit per deal. And that's what I see nationally. Well, that, that was cost per deal. So he, he, he's getting deals done for 500 to 800 bucks total cost. Right, but with with low profit. 
in in my in my world, yep. what the numbers you just said are low profit, and this is what I see nationally. Yep. Is I've got people that I work with in LA, in San Bernardino, mm-hmm. in my market. You know, we'll pay two fifty, three hundred a lead. Exactly. But we'll make a hundred thousand on a flip. Dude. Like if, if you're not making, you know, a hundred thousand in, in LA, you're doing something wrong. I mean, exactly. you overpay for the property. So, um, you know, I've, you know, I don't know if you've noticed that trend as well, but it always seems like the areas where you can get cheaper leads, you make less money per deal. And, and cheap, cheap is relative, right? Like, oh like, yeah. Oh know? yeah. Some people would say, you know, 60 bucks a lead. Oh my God. You know, they should be yeah. $5, but you know, let, let, dude, let's go with this. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a high profit, a high profit area here. Cause when I, when I, I, I walk Brad Chandler through this math equation and it's way simpler if I actually write it on a board versus trying to talk through it. But um, I walk Brad, Brad Chandler and he's a big, he's done over 3000 deals. One of the largest home buyers in the country through this two years ago. He's like, dude, I do, I do $20,000 a month in paid traffic. And that changed the way that I think about it. Mm. And so we're going to do this. You start with the average profit deal. We're going to go with hundred K just because we're going to use that example. Yeah. Um, how many leads does it take you to close a deal that might get you that Tom? Probably 40 to 50. Okay. So we'll go with that. So that's, you're doing some pretty broad marketing or who knows a lot of competition or whatever's going on there. Yeah. Um, okay. So average profit for deal is hundred thousand dollars, 40 to 50. Um, and then you start to look at cost per lead. Do you know currently what your cost per lead is? I know you mentioned, on average, about 200 Okay, between all sources, and there's different sources. Yeah, sweet. So this is just a simple way to do this. So we're going to go 200 times 40 equals 8,000 bucks. Let's go 200 yeah. times 50, right? So 200 times 50 equals eight grand. So you're, or equals 10 grand. So you're looking at, you know, eight to $10,000 cost for, to acquire a deal that nets 200K. Now th- this is, this is what sets apart the guys who are able to scale versus the ones who aren't and how you kind of squeeze out some more extra margin in there is if you'd look at that and you know, your cost for the deal, you know, okay, here's what I pay for my acquisition manager. Here's this, here's that, whatever costs you have per deal, yank those out of the top. Um, do you know approximately kind of what other costs you have if you were to close a hundred thousand dollar profit deal do you have other commissions or anything you'd have to skim off the top before you pay yourself we will pay the person who buys the property forty five hundred so i don't go on any appointments myself okay. and then i've got all the overhead of the office and i don't factor that in but of course you know that that probably throws in another ten thousand to each deal i do yeah okay so we're talking i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go high on this let's shoot, let's say 20 grand right so i'm gonna go hundred thousand dollars minus twenty thousand dollars minus another ten thousand which was the actual lead cost so that leaves us with seventy thousand dollars profit mm-hmm. so we're saying that basically we're trading ten thousand dollars um for 70 essentially right do would you trade 20 for 70 hundred percent. And that's why my marketing budget every single month just keeps going. It's to the point now, the problem I have is that I spend so much money on marketing. It's like I'm reaching every frigging person I can possibly reach. Yep. And so what I've done over the past year, um, not even last year, last six months is like, I'm partnering with people in other States. Like that's, that's my next move because like, I'm basically out, like quite literally out of real estate in Boston. Yeah. So um, so yeah, it's, um, the math definitely works, but the other thing that we do is you talked about like, you know, say that you spend eight to get a deal We're we're I have a real estate brokerage that will bring back more than eight of that back in. Yep. So I don't know if a bunch of your, I, it seems like most investors don't do this, but I don't get it. Most of those people who you meet with, the reason that they don't sell to you is because they want retail prices. Exactly. And I don't get why more investors don't take that back in as a listing. Oh man. Um, because for me, right? Like you talked about spending eight and getting back whatever 80. I'm I'm spending eight, getting more than eight back on listings and then making the 80. So essentially I have an unlimited marketing budget. And again, I just I don't I don't get why this isn't done for everybody. Exactly, man. And, and kind of using that that target uh, lead acquisition number, the cost per lead. Now, I mean you you literally could take your two hundred dollars per lead and probably triple that or even quadruple it. And for me, like if I was going into that market knowing, knowing what you, it sounds like you're already doing, I'm just kind of more illustrating it for people listening. Your target cost for lead literally is probably anything under 800 bucks. Like if you can acquire a good quality lead under $800, um, 
you're doing probably doing pretty darn well and that's it's going to scale up your volume which you know your overhead is going to go up a little bit but then you're going to be getting a lot more listings you're going to be closing more of those deals your revenue is going to go up markedly and then that's where we start to look at our marketing and that's a big mistake most people make with paid marketing is they 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 set their marketing budget based fully off of emotion they don't do the math equation going okay you know here's the math the math shows me i definitely should not stop my marketing before i hit this number but I'm going to push it and get, I want to get that first deal done. I'm going to actually, the first deal, let me just like almost break even on the first deal with paid traffic to get, to get that model down. And then I'm going to lower it down. I'm lower it down. When, when I work with people in other markets, I require that they have a minimum marketing budget and I require that they spend it all. I love it. Because of what you just said, the, the, the intuition is always, I got three leads. I didn't convert anything. This isn't working. It's not going to work. I'm going to give up. Yeah. And that's where everybody fails. You know, the newer investors, they, they fail at that point. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I was on a coaching call. This is probably like a year ago. It was, it was so awesome. Just that it so happened to be that these two people are on the call. And one of the people are saying, Hey, my pay-per-click's not working. And we started, we did the math equation. Like that's what I always do. Right. Okay. How much have you invested in it? You know, show, me, show me the numbers. If, if we can show that they've, they're following the math and then we'll look at and go, okay, well, is your account set up correctly? And this person stopped the 500 bucks. Uh, we worked the numbers and you know, they're, they were in like a 10 to $15,000 profit per deal market. Um, they stopped the 500. The numbers showed that they shouldn't have stopped until it was like 2000 or 2,500. And I'm like going, well, the math doesn't work for it. Another person came in here and said, Hey, I can totally attest to this. You know, I mean, he was in a similar market and he said, he said, whatever it was, I mean, this isn't the exact, it's in the recording of a coaching call somewhere, but he said something to the effect of, I got my first deal done at around the $3,000 mark, that first deal on, on the pay-per-click it took me about three grand to get it done. And, um, he's like, but that thing netted me almost $20,000 is a great deal. He goes, if I would have stopped at two or 2,500 or a thousand or 500, I never would have got that $20,000 deal. So the, yeah, the, the thing I think that's tough for new people is like, <laughs> there is some, some luck to it. And oh, yeah. when you start to put low numbers together, like if you say to me, I only have a $3,000 budget yep. to guarantee that you're going to get a deal is not possible. So mm-hmm. you could spend five, your first 500 and get a deal, or you could spend your first 3000 and get nothing. And I think that, that for most people in the very early stages, like you said, you talked a lot about emotion, that emotional roller coaster takes over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, if you do your first deal with your first $500, actually, um, not to go too much off track, but yeah. I did my first deal and the, I, I was offering really, really low numbers on mm-hmm. houses. Like I was, I was trying to get them way below what my numbers would even say because I was so nervous about buying a house. Yeah. The first deal I ever did, I wholesaled it. I made 115,000 and <laughs> that's crazy. Sounds, sounds good. Right. But yeah. it was actually a huge problem because the, the, I, I started, I was spending like four to $5,000 a month on marketing after that. Mm. And I was, I continued to offer too low and, uh, I, and I went through another $50,000 because that first deal that was so good that I got so discounted actually created a problem for me. Gotcha. So it's like, you know, the numbers, like you said, they don't lie and you know, you just have to kind of follow the metrics, but um, how can how can people get in touch with you? Um, is the biggest, easiest way to, to go just to oncarrot.com or? Yeah, man. I, I think the biggest thing, you know, like we were talking about before we hit record is, is, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're at a point with this business to where we, we have a good business, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere. We keep growing. And the thing that excites me the most and our team the most is honestly, this sounds totally corny and it sounds like it's plant. Whatever. Dude, honestly, like, I give a crap about people and we put out so much great free content for people that even if, even if being a part of carrot isn't in your cards, there's tons of stuff we can, you guys can get from our website. So just go to oncarrot.com. You can check out our blog, um, our blog every single week, two, two content pieces a week. We put out one of them's uh, the podcast, Carrot Cast, which I kind of open up behind the scenes and I'll yeah. see a lot of case studies. And then the other one's always an actionable post about something. I think today we put out one about um, Facebook marketing or something like that. But yeah, and, and, and you you put out so much content and it's it's all good stuff. Like you've got the the podcast, you've got blog articles, you've even just getting on your email list is mm-hmm. worthwhile because you, you're sending out great content that way. Cool. You talked a little bit about it sounding corny. 
But here's the thing, right? You're a successful business owner. Like I, you know, you make good money and, you know, to make a little bit more is not going to impact your life. Right. So, so, so what impacts your life next? It's helping people. Right. So like you said, it might sound corny, but once you've already achieved your financial objectives, like at that point, what's left? I mean, you know, to make 25% more this year, like it will have no impact on what you do. Dude, so I, and it doesn't like, like you're yeah. saying, and, and I've been through it before. Yeah, I've been through it before with, with other businesses where made good money, but, but I didn't build like real true mission and purpose into those businesses. And I got to the point where making good money. And I didn't want to get up in the morning. Like literally mm-hmm. I've told this story lots of times because it's part of my journey. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs do the same thing is we build a business that traps us and, and we go after a certain objective and it's usually income based at the start. But what we don't plan is what happens after, after that income actually happens, you know, what is that goal of it? Do I just keep on going after chasing higher do- uh, numbers? Cause numbers never end, man. It's like, nope. Happiness is tied to a higher number. You're never going to be happy because there's always a bigger number. There's always <laughs> bigger, that better. And I'm in the phase now where, yeah, we, we want to be the best. I'm not going to lie. We want to be the best. I want to build a company that is as big as it can get, but it's not based on financial. It's based on right now. I personally use carrot as my platform is my platform for getting a message out there that hopefully can, whether it's just saving, like we talked about here, whether it's just saving some people, some time and some energy and some money and getting on the right track with your marketing. Sweet. If that changes your world, I love it. Mm -hmm. If it's changing your mindset to help you build a business that you love and that's you're passionate about that has a true purpose. Um, that's what I get the most excited about amplifying leaders like you, Tom, who can go out there and, and be better leaders, you know, people who can go out there and cast a bigger vision for people and be that beacon of positivity and possibility. That's what fires me up. So awesome, man. Well, um, I want to thank you for, for coming on and, uh, you guys know we're, we, uh, publish these every single week. So, um, I want to thank Trevor mock for, for coming on today. Definitely check out investor carrot, just Google it. You'll find he's, he's all over the place. So you're not going to be able to miss him. So, um, thank you for jumping on, man. I appreciate it. And thank you guys. Have an amazing rest of the week. If we can help you in any way, let us know. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Agent Investor, and especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincameroncoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. And stay tuned for the next episode of Agent Investor.